What's up, everybody? Just want to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Jungle Television. Jungle Television is creating gourmet art and streetwear drawn and screen printed by hand here in Portland, Oregon. And uh, this dude, Alex, is making some of my favorite art. And uh, I have a bunch of Jungle Television t-shirts. They are heavy in my rotation and just always blown away by the things that he is making. The Mushroom Hunter jackets are some of my favorites. Those are really dope. But yeah, if you need jackets, shirts, hats, just prints, very cool prints, um, hit this dude up. The Jungle Television link will be in the episode notes along with the Instagram tag. And if you use the code DCP at checkout, you'll get 20% off of your next order. So take advantage of that. Check out the uh, the Jungle Television Instagram, Cruise Alex's designs. Um, they're very, very dope. And next level, appreciate his support and sponsorship of this thing. Let's start the episode. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the program. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, giving the podcast five stars. You say a few nice words on the review, and that will help propel the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels. And uh, it'll help strangers find the podcast. Just a great way to contribute to the sustainability of this thing. And I appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so. We got episode 215 is what is in store for you. 10 Kills the Pack is on the podcast. Uh, really awesome chat with this dude, Sean, who is uh, based out of Toronto, Canada, and uh, has been playing music for quite some time, but uh, has introduced this new project recently. 10 Kills the Pack, and I had the opportunity to uh, chat it up with him about his tunes and where he comes from and and kind of his journey of uh, playing in some different bands and where he's at now, and uh, stoked to share that with you, as well as a few songs from Sean's most recent EP from 10 Kills the Pack, the debut EP, which is called Force Majeure. That is available everywhere on the streaming services, and uh, I will definitely include the uh, the links in the episode notes so that you can keep up with Sean if you, uh, if you dig what you hear on this episode. I would uh, highly encourage you to check out some, uh, some of the videos that he's got up on the YouTube. There's a, a couple official videos, and there's also a really cool live band performance of uh, When I Say You're Killing Me, which is in this really amazing uh studio set 
where it looks like everything is uh, sideways on the wall. Pretty fucking wild, man. Um, I was pretty baked when I saw it, but it was it was still I don't know. It was it was very cool. I was into it. So a uh, couple things before we get into the episode. The chat with Sean. I uh, just want to remind you about I Dig Records, which is uh, coming out in this podcast feed as well. Volume three should uh, should be out now for your listening pleasure, and uh, that is the podcast when myself and my cousin Rob Bobby Grooves Grandfelt we uh, we each pick a record and we have a discussion about it. We play the tracks in the background and uh, just kind of geek out on the t- tunes. So volume three is now out of that, and uh, we did this really great jazz record from Jeff Parker, which is called A Sweet for Max Brown, and we did one of my all-time favorite records, No Jacket Required, from Phil Collins. It's, it's, a, it's a bangers episode, okay? And it's, it's, it's fun. It's a good one. So if you, uh, you want to hear some record talk, that is available in this feed. Check it out, um, and check out Inside Voices Records, which is uh, my cousin Rob's record label. But uh, the big shout out on this episode is uh, my cousin Rob is a part of this band called High Pulp, and they're this really amazing funk fusion band out of Seattle, Washington. And up in Seattle, Washington, there is uh, a really well-known independent radio station called KEXP, and it's kind of uh, this landmark of the Pacific Northwest and has been putting out these really amazing studio sessions for a really long time now, and they have become quite popular. I would say that they're probably, if not the most well-known studio performances going out on YouTube right now, they're they are definitely up there. And they get bands of uh, all genres. And if there's an indie artist you like, singer-songwriter, alt- alternative rock band, jazz, hip-hop, electronic, they've, they've probably had them on there. And it's, it's kind of a legendary space and studio performances and was a huge inspiration for the studio performances that I did within the first... 75 episodes of this thing which is what most of the youtube channel is the dan cable presents youtube channel is uh mostly all those performances but anyway my cousin's band high pulp they're they're incredible um they're such an amazing band live and uh they got the opportunity to do one of these sessions so i'm i'm really stoked to announce that that is now available so definitely check out high pulp I will put the link in the episode notes for that as well. Check out their performance on KEXP. They absolutely crush it. It's so fun to see uh, my friends and family in that band just doing really cool things on a legendary program such as KEXP. And uh, and that's that, everybody. I hope you're, you're being well, staying safe out there, staying sane through uh, the quarantine. Looks like things are loosening up a little bit, and uh, folks have a lot of mixed feelings about that. And uh, that's where we're at with it right now. 
And uh, I hope that this is maybe some distraction or escape from that for a little bit. For an hour of your time, I am going to uh, let you in on this chat that I had with Sean from uh, 10 Kills the Pack. Check out that, uh, that EP, Force Majeure. That is, uh, that is available everywhere. Like I said, all the links will be in the episode notes for uh, 10 Kills the Pack, as well as High Pull Music and Vortex Music Magazine out of Portland, Oregon, a publication that I do some writing for and uh, just a really cool group of people that have been incredibly supportive of this podcast. So shout out to them. Their uh, link will also be there as well as the Jungle Television Instagram handle and website, along with that DCP checkout code. So check that all out. And we are going to do this thing. Mountaineer Mike. Hey, now. Where are you at, buddy? Right over here, buddy, being responsibly distant. You ready to do it? Yeah, let's do this thing. This is episode 215, everybody. 10 Kills the Pack is on the podcast, and we're going to kick it off with uh, this track off Force Majeure. This is the first track that, that I heard from 10 Kills the Pack, and uh, it's called Barcelona. Let's do the damn thing. Heading back your way Heading back over To the cold shoulder of Ontario And I'm tracing your face With words to a page That I found on the plane In the skies are clear In Barcelona No storms ahead here and the skies are clear In Barcelona No storms ahead Or anything at all And I had to leave that place As well as that damn city Home to all the stress that it brings And I fucked off to Spain Cause the skies are clear In Barcelona No storms ahead here And the skies are clear In Barcelona No storms ahead Skies are clear 
in Barcelona No storms ahead or anything at all That flicker like feathers On a hill Within a salty breeze Under cooling kind weather Shaped by the scent of the sea Alright man, well um, I know you uh you just put this this debut EP out as uh, as Ten Kills the Pack, um, but I know that you've been playing music for a long time. Yeah. So I just uh, I thought maybe we would uh, we would start at the beginning and uh, try to make our our way to you starting this uh, this Ten Kills the Pack project. <laughs> yeah, sure. I know it's you're, quite uh, a, it's it's quite a while. It's a long story, but. Uh, I'll shave. I'll shave down just a few years of stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know you're based out of Toronto now. Is that mm-hmm. uh, where you grew up as well? Yeah, I um, I grew up. Well, I grew up in a town called Mississauga. That's right beside Toronto. Um, so when you're living there, you're kind of always in and out of the city. Like you're kind. Of, I don't know. That's the best way I can describe it. You're at school, and then after school, you go downtown or you know during lunch you could even drive down there where i was and um and i don't so you're kind of always in and out and then when you start playing music you're obviously like oh my god if i play toronto that's like the biggest deal in the world um and so that was always like kind of a goal um you know to be like wow i can't wait to play this venue and then you know, and now that I that venue doesn't even exist, I'm pretty sure that I'm thinking of. But um, yeah, so I, I I grew up in Mississauga, and um, played a lot of like I don't know, like you'd play like some house shows and things like that. But um, we wouldn't, you know, I was it was more of like this like folk <sighs> folk. I guess I'll just start the story on that. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, it was more of like this, like, I don't know, like more poppy folk kind of thing. I was kind of just discovering who I was as a songwriter. Um, I was more in the classical guitar realm world and, um, picking up some jazz and stuff. I went to like this art school. So I was always kind of like, you know, in that space. And then I was discovering writing songs and, and I would always kind of write these more like poppy songs. And even though I didn't like them so much in that age when you're in like grade nine or something, you don't really think like, Oh, I could just like give these songs to someone. You're like, Oh, these are the songs I wrote these. So these are mine. And then you feel like protective over them. So I don't know, you kind of, all of a sudden you grow into this little band and um, I was solo for a while and I was, I started playing shows when I was, I don't know, I guess I was like 14 or something. And, um, and then from there, a few other people joined and I was, in this project and then you know we finally got that show in toronto we're like holy shit this is awesome and then um skip forward a few years like i don't know we were we started playing some more bigger festivals and things like that 
went through a band name change and that change was, uh, so I was in a band called Auckland, um, at this point now. So it was like an alt rock band kind of, I don't know, like in the Kings of Leon kind of vibe. And that was kind of that. But meanwhile, like, you know, you're not necessarily always listening to that genre. You just still same kind of mind frame. You're like writing these songs. And, um, although I love, love Kings of Leon, but we're, you know, just starting to write all this stuff. And then, festivals, tours, just lots and lots of experience. And it kind of just felt like it wasn't getting into the right place we wanted. And I think that had to do a lot with where we all were at the time. Um, we kind of, you know, had some minor successes, some great opening slots and cool tours we were able to do and things like that. But also, I don't know, just to our age, we just wanted to like party all the time. We, like, yeah. I think we were more focused on like, you know, here's this, we, oh, this show's going to be amazing. So who's stuck with being DD? Like that was, <laughs> that was the second question that right, came right. up. It was like, who are we opening for? Okay, cool. Who's DD? Like that, that was the process. And, and, and for that in itself was like, it was a really fun time and you get lots of experiences and really fun stories and you're slugging it on the road and you don't even know why you're doing it. You're traveling like all these hours and you're playing to these venues and some shows there's no one and like literally like a person we've had that, like an, one individual that happened <laughs> to be there and, and then, you know, and, and then it's, and then it gets bigger and bigger and then all of a sudden like we, we literally did see like this growth. And so that was like my, I, my like, groundwork of of experience within music and um you know all very in the canadian market um and then some time passed and it was kind of like okay i think uh my drummer and i just kind of knew that we needed to end it um yeah. so it was a little hard on the guitar player and the bass player but um i was just starting to like write a lot more solo stuff and folk was always like a big thing for me um folk music so i was I don't know, just had all these songs that were on reserve that weren't right for the for the group that I was in. And um, and so, yeah, we just basically ended that and I started playing some like solo shows. And, and it's funny because this group kind of grew into this thing where like, you know, we have quite a few people at a show, you know, a couple hundred people. And then, you know, you're maybe if you kind of went one direction, it could work out. And then when you stop it, you're like, ah, oh, this sucks because, you know, we're finally at a place that we feel like, you know, this is kind of success of what we've been thinking of. And then you stop that. So right after that, I just, I was like now in my 20s and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start ground up again in a, in a way. You're not really, whenever someone does that, don't let them tell you that <laughs> they just started from scratch because <laughs> there's so many connections and so many, so many experiences you have that kind of launch you into a different direction. But I did, you know, I, in a way, in a way that I, I went, I was like, okay, I'm going to do some open mics. And from there, um, I met these two people that were amazing. I went to this one open mic, it opened up near my house. Um, and I met, and it was like, I got there last and I didn't know I would be last. And it was a Monday night. I'm on at like two in the morning in Toronto. No one's there. And there's just two people left. And those two people were, had like these amazing songs and we just hung out for the rest of the night. And, and then we just kept seeing each other and hanging out and writing songs and learning each other's songs. And then we started touring as this 
folk trio, um, like a collective, basically we're all, we all knew we were on like individual paths, but, um, we just like playing together. So we started touring around Ontario. We, we made a name is called Henri, um, which is like a French word for we're laughing. It was just like a weird inside joke we had, but so we're like, Oh, Henri. And, and we kept saying that. And then, um, and then we were playing these barn parties. So I went from like this crazy, like city thing, focused life to, and at the time I was living in Toronto for basically all those years. And then we started playing shows like out in the countryside and those were really fun and like playing with farmers and I don't know, like all this shit that felt like a movie really. <laughs> some, some really different experiences from the, the city life that you were having. Yeah, totally. And it, you know, and that inspired us to like, okay, let's tour out East. I've never been out East before, um, like far, far out East Canada and it's beautiful there. So we're like, okay, let's take the opportunity and let's, let's go out there and play some shows. And we did, we started getting some traction and, you know, while our individual successes were growing, this group was really growing. And at that point, you know, I kind of put a lot of work into it. And so this was like my third or second project of really trying to make something in music. Um, and it didn't work out because one member, which was great in a, in, a, in a good way, you know, he got signed to this label. Um, and it was like, okay, so we have to kind of put a hiatus on this project. And all of a sudden, all these, you, you know, you're like mid twenties and you're like, holy shit, I've been playing music for, and doing shows for like 10 years. And what do I really have to, you start like, you know, taking a data entry of what you really have or what you've accomplished. And yes, there's things you've accomplished, but at the end of the day, like, what, you know, are you making a career of it? And you start getting all these questions in your head and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just give it one year. And, um, maybe this is it. Maybe I just stop. I, maybe I just will stop caring. And it, and it's the feeling didn't pass. I kind of knew I would be in it, but the feeling of like completely letting go is all of that kind of led me to the moment of 10 kills the pack. And I just wrote some songs, not thinking about anyone's interest, but myself, I, made a release schedule with Spotify. I was like, okay, I started like picking up on, you know, everyone's into the algorithms of things, but I, I was, I had come from a advertising marketing background. So I was like, okay, if I can get some like good press and I, and I basically just everything I learned from every band kind of like in like a weird slumdog millionaire moment where you're <laughs> like, Oh, all these life things add up to this one moment. Everything did. I had like all these connections and all these different places I had, um, you know, just this endless information about, you know, and I mean, it's always changing because the industry is changing so much, but all this information I could feed off of. Um, and then not only that, but by then I was the songwriter that I felt I wanted to be because I took some time and I, and I just only wrote poetry for like a year. I kind of stopped writing songs. I just only did that. I was only reading and I was only writing. And, and then by then I was where I need to be. And once I stopped caring, I released a demo and it got some traction on Spotify. And then it was like in the hundreds of thousands of streams. And for me, you know, within a few months I was like, holy shit, that's a lot. Okay. I got to like follow this up. So I made a plan to release, record some songs and, 
release those and I won't get into the details of that yet because I'm sure we'll talk about it. But um, yeah, I basically ended up recording a f- like four songs and then I just released them strategically with the algorithms and I was kind of like, okay, I'll release something once every month and a half and see how that goes and did that and more stuff started taking off and then all of a sudden I was on this big playlist called um, Most Beautiful Songs in the World which is, which is really an intense thing to say to someone they're like oh what's the playlist and you're like like trying to be not cocky about it or something or trying to not <laughs> oh, sound don't shitty worry. It's just yeah the, uh, it's most like oh, beautiful this... songs in the world <laughs> exactly it's like this yeah whatever it's this thing it's called most beautiful songs in the world no big deal what song and, was uh, that that got put on there and it was the song when i say you are killing me okay um yeah and that has like the barry sax it has the trumpet and the violin on it and all that stuff arrangements i've been wanting to do for like a while and musicians i've been wanting to play with for a while i kind of just let go of everything didn't care worked with them recorded them did it in an apartment i really wanted to kind of capture like these different moods and and vibes and um and then that got on there and next thing you know i was offered a record deal within if which never happens and i've it's never happened to me um i've seen lots of other successes and stories and things and yeah, once, once I kind of let go of everything, that's when it happened. Yeah. So, yeah. That seems to be the way it works out a lot yeah. of the time. And it's hard and to see. It's so hard to see that though through it. And it's cool mm-hmm. to see that like the culmination of all your experiences and having like probably a lot of tough moments of, yeah, like what the fuck am I doing totally. with my life? Like what, like where do I go from here and then i would also imagine you you not only have your own personal dialogue of that you got a lot of other people probably asking you those same questions like friends and family kind of wondering where how this is going to shape out for you as well yeah so to like have that click in and you have like you were saying you know you you did build this project from scratch but like you're just like in a different spot where you have this different like game plan so you can be like a little more strategic and know how you want to release things and tap Mm -hmm. into things like algorithms and and whatever else so totally very cool yeah absolutely um yeah it was pretty pretty crazy and it's yeah and 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 it does feel really natural i feel good at where i am but it's funny yeah you say though like those external pressures outside of your own are really you know it's you're kind of already in your head as an artist. You're already like at a loss. It already sucks because <laughs> you kind of like are just always depressed and making stuff and things like that. But then, um, then you see like you know as the years go on, you like have friends that are making you know some. I I had a friend that like a few like maybe a year ago it was like yeah like i'm making like three figures a year now and i was like oh my god oh this is the worst this is <laughs> i'm not doing that whatsoever you know you you kind of have and not that that matters but you're like oh my god like you know i i was in the same program as you i was like in marketing and advertising you know all that stuff and you, and you start comparing and you start thinking about all the different lives you could be leading and things like that it really has an effect and then you start getting busier and it's positive and hope and you just got to like stick through it and ideally you know if you just like it it's it's never going to stop really like 
as as ambitious as I am, I also know that it's just um, impossible for me to to stop doing it. Really, it just won't. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. There's no other way. <laughs> that that definitely resonates. I think just creative outlets in some fashion have mm-hmm. have always been this constant in my life, and I think even uh, even with this podcast, I've been doing this the last four years. And I just love doing it. I don't really care what happens uh, to it next week or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm just like, I just think it's like really cool that I get to spend, you know, once a week, twice a week talking with, with people's music that I have found or like musicians I've seen play live. And every once in a while, I'll get to talk to somebody that I didn't think I would ever be talking to or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's some, good. From some band that I really like. And it's, it, like that's that stuff's a lot of fun but it's uh yeah it's it's nice doing it without the expectations so much of just you know i'm just gonna do this thing because i'm going to do it totally yeah it, it makes it makes a big difference it really does yeah. yeah um you talked about um the poetry writing have mm-hmm. did did your interest in music come first or writing poetry or did they kind of happen together um yeah i mean i definitely did have a in in high i think it was like songwriting and stuff first i was like pretty obsessed when i was really young um and and the thing is i still like i'm in like i'm in a punk band as well i i yell and i play guitar in that band um and I still do that, but also I like writing pop music. Like I actually do some songwriting on the side, um, you know, really pop stuff. I just, I loved making songs and figuring out my own stuff since I was really young and eventually it'll hopefully pay off in a really good way. But, um, you know, uh, I think that was first. And then there was this spark of wanting to be a really good writer, um, in high school and then I just kind of you know I I used that I think I just kind of used it to the best of my abilities of what I knew and then I had like a real big spark a few years ago of like okay like I'm sick of hearing stuff that I don't know could just be way more thought like just planned out and thought of carefully and I think there's just a lot more that people can offer and I wanted to be part of the solution, I guess, to that. And yeah, and I just was really inspired to be writing constantly and reading constantly. Um, a lot of a lot of reading and a lot of, you know, poetry diving and just a lot more, I don't know, expanding your knowledge on things you knew, but, you know, refreshing it, but then really kind of going past that as well on your own and um yeah so i think that yeah that was a few years ago that it like a a, a new leaf of like okay now i want to like step it up as just like a poet and not so not so much as like a songwriter but just as a writer in general and now those worlds are kind of married which is great yeah did you find that a lot of that like refining was just making things simpler a lot of the time um yeah i yeah i think i think that is definitely like a big thing um in most cases for almost everything (laughs) the answer is just like make it simpler seriously 
um, it'll, it'll go a lot longer of a way, but, um, no, I don't know. It's just kind of, I don't, I don't know if that's exactly the, the thing that's, um, kind of spoke to me and, and like sticks out in my head, but there's definitely just a rhythm thing and a voice thing. And I, I think just finding your own writing voice, um, was, was one of those things that stuck out to me more so. Yeah. Was like establishing that and, you know, and, and finding the, the patterns between different writers and, and things that you like about those things. And that kind of shapes, you know, your own writing voice in general as a, you know, not even a songwriter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Are you, so are you writing the music separately a lot for these tunes then since you're, taking the Uh, poetry approach so much yeah exactly um kind of like killing me for sure like that's that's even like that was just it's straight up a poem and i would challenge myself okay can i make a song that feels like this thing that you know this 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 like any poetry i write doesn't rhyme whatsoever um but so this was one of those those cases where I was like, okay, great. Like, how can I make this flow? Can this can the rhythm of the words carry itself to a point where you don't even care if it rhymes or not? Like, it literally doesn't matter. The right vowels and shapes of words are there. Um, the right rhythm and the right build. And yeah, and then I think I really like what I did. I when I kind of cracked it, you're like, and every songwriter feels that you're like, oh shit, yeah, okay, good, good. And then you're like. like keeping the mindset let's go and um yeah i was like i was super pumped about it so that was one that was like just a poem same with relaxing apartments which is the last song on the ep um and maybe i think like a big chunk of barcelona was was something that i was writing on a plane after a trip and then it kind of transformed into a song and but a lot of the times i do kind of for the majority i would say is like I kind of figure out my melodies and and types of words and things like that first majority of the time. Um, but it is slowly becoming 50-50 on, on the words first, music second scenario. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, uh, I definitely, as soon as I put the record on, um, I, I just really enjoyed the, the raw stripped down aspects to it it just felt like it uh it just had it it didn't have a lot of uh unneeded production it didn't seem like it seemed like it just wanted to like let the songs be the star of the thing cool thanks yeah that's exactly what i was going for um it's yeah it's important and for a long time i was like you know really I, I really like listening to things for production in general. Um, but one, you kind of can create some really nice things out of necessity. Like I didn't really have the means to even do and the money to do certain things. But at the same time, I also was like, I don't, wow, I'm lucky. I don't need any of that other stuff right now. Not at this time, not in my life right now. In other projects, there was moments where you're like, okay, how are we going to be able to pull something like this off? And you kind of figure that out. But for this, everything that I wanted was, was kind of just around, you know, it was, you're able to do it. Yeah. Which is awesome. So that's great. Yeah. I love that. 
Yeah, and I uh, drunk all the time. This is uh, this is one of my favorite tracks on the on the EP, and we're Thank going you. to uh, we're gonna jump into that one right now. Perfect, I love it. Hold me back from your heart, and I'll go home with my heart. This didn't mean to mean anything. You didn't have to try. But you talked me in your way home, drunk or high. So hold me back from your heart. I'll go home with my Shall we just be drunk all the time? Cause it seems it's when we actually talk I'd give up my liver each night So we don't go back on what we actually want Breaking grounds in conversation Hear you just broke ties With the next complication Now you just need time To figure out yourself And in general life. So hold me back from your heart And I'll go home with mine Drunk all the time Cause it seems That's when we actually talk I give up my liver each night So we don't go back On what we actually want I got bigger issues That I should figure out But I figured That the issue was big enough Should we just be drunk all the time Some of your flaws Cause they're hard to see through mine And tell me some of your thoughts On where we stand this time So tell me some of your flaws Cause they're hard to see through mine And tell me some of your thoughts on where we stand this time Should we just be drunk all the time? Cause it seems it's when we actually talk I give up my liver each night So we don't go back on what we actually want I got bigger issues that I should figure out Who sang the backup vocals on Drunk All the Time? Um, my who on this one who sang it? Um, who did sing it? Oh, on on this one, sorry. There's there's a few different female voices that are in and out of this whole thing. Um, 
uh, my partner, Hannah, um, Hannah Georges, she's an amazing artist. Um, she's played in Portland quite a few times, actually. Um, she says she really likes it. And, uh, yeah, so she sang on this one and there's also another version of Drunk All the Time that's coming out as well. And she also sang on that one. That track has, uh, one of my favorite lines and it's the, it's the line that kicks off the song, the hold me back from your heart and I'll go home with mine. Thanks. Yeah. That's a very cool line. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's actually an older song, like back in that band Auckland I was in, um, I kind of wrote it around that era. I just held on to it because it, one, it wasn't ready and all this stuff, but you know, it's a song that's actually, um, songs that I write in the past. It's, if you still like them later on, you're like, okay, well, that's actually pretty good. Cause you know, your taste changes and all that stuff too. So, um, yeah, I, I really like that one. And that's, it's, that's like, you know, I released it with this EP stripped bare bones and now I'm going to be releasing another version of that song as well. Just with like a little more life, just like this reimagination that I kind of heard with it. Um, and while I was recording my next EP that's coming out, um, we kind of took the opportunity to like, okay, what, what if it, what if we did this? Like, what if we just tried this song in this way? So yeah, it's got a bit more like backbone of percussion and things like that, that it didn't have before, which is cool. So hopefully you like that one too. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no, it's cool when, uh, when an old tune kind of finally speaks to you at the right time, you know? Yeah. It's awesome. It's good. Cause then you're like, great. I don't have to, I have to write something right now. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as uh, the rest of the record, is that uh, you kind of recorded it in, in different spaces throughout mm -hmm. Toronto? Yeah, um, in quite a few different apartments. Um, like these, basically it started in my friend, he was staying at this loft by the lake, um, which has like these really high ceilings and um, a, a really cool space. And we kind of just did, that's the, the original demo of Barcelona. Um, and we just did one take and I was like, I just want to demo this idea. And, um, so that was the first one and there's only one take of it. Cause I messed up the second one and it's just me and a guitar. That's it. And that was the moment. And we're like, Oh, this is pretty good. Let's just, maybe I'll, we'll put it out, Fuck yeah. <laughs> which is, which is kind of funny. Um, how that works out. So yeah, that, that has like this nice, like re reverb tone to it because of the room as well as like, you know, a little bit of reverb padding on there as you can hear, but, um, yeah, it kind of did give the ambiance that it needed. Um, cause being in, being in a different room really does kind of like help you determine, I don't know, your performance a little bit and bands do that all the time. As soon as they start getting bigger and they start playing bigger rooms, they start writing differently because they're like, they can hear how their sound is being affected by the rooms. And, you know, this is on a smaller scale when you're dealing with uh, big lofts to small bedrooms and living rooms and things like that. But I don't know, I kind of do pay attention to that stuff and it did, did have an effect. So, yeah, we started off there. I recorded some stuff at my place. We went to another friend's house. Um, these are two guys that I worked with that I was songwriting with at the time who are also engineers, great, great engineers, great, you know, producers and stuff like that too. So, um, we, yeah, we kind of just moved around to different places. Um, 
you know, and being pretty mindful of neighbors when we did like the berry sacks and trumpet and stuff. But um, <laughs> luckily my, the, my one friend's place, he lives above a bar and in the afternoon they're not open during the, basically the whole afternoon. Um, so we recorded some stuff there, which was really awesome and with no complaints, which was sweet. Um, and it was a really, you know, he is a really by chance, one of those places that you, you get early on before it becomes a really cool place and you end up with a sweet pad of like, you know, with a big room. So yeah, we recorded that stuff there and yeah, just a few different apartments around the city, um, in different parts of the city, which is great too. So. Yeah. It's, I think you make a great point about the, the importance of the room and kind of like what it speaks back to you while you're you're playing to it mm-hmm. and how that like infects what you're doing for totally. sure. Totally. Yeah, it it really does. And and so yeah, it's it's nice cuz it kind of felt refreshing every time we started a, a new song. You kind of have like a different outlook on it and you're I don't know, you're even just down to the small things of like, you know, where you're going to grab a drink before or after you start recording and different vibes and different seasons and it's nice. It feels very, um, I don't know, very city. It's kind of just like a nice, um, memento for me about Toronto before I leave this place. Cause it's just chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I love that you opened up with the Barcelona track just because I think speaking to, uh, the raw and stripped down, um qualities of of the ep i feel like that one is very much just you and the guitar and then you later throughout the rest of the songs that's when you introduce the the other instrumentation elements to it it's kind of nice to get that like glimpse just into what you do on your own to kick the record off thanks yeah that that finding a an order for any album or EP or anything is is really tricky. You start getting in your head about it. Um, and this one I feel really good about. I feel like we, we kind of got a good vibe on that. And that's exactly it. Wanted to kind of, okay, if you're a first-time listener, oh, you're going to get a phone buzz and you're a phone ding in your recording. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, it's all good. Um, yeah, if, uh, I don't know, as if, if you're a first-time listener, it's kind of nice to just set the tone. That's what I wanted. And that's exactly... Um, like what you were saying, just being able to be like, okay, this this is it, essentially. It, it's just a guy in a room with a guitar. Um, and then everything else is kind of introduced, and that's, yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah. It takes you on a bit of a journey, at least. It does, because I'm not expecting there to be sax and these other horns later <laughs> in the record because of, because of that first tune. So it's it's uh, it's a little deceiving in a, in a great way. That's awesome. Yeah, it definitely it definitely is surprising. I like I really like when I say you're killing me because of that. Because the I don't know eighty percent of the song is all just a guy with guitar, and then this stuff kind of creeps in. Um, so it, it it would be I haven't even thought about that. If you're if you haven't heard the stuff before, you're kind of it would be pretty surprising actually. Yeah. <laughs> if you're like, Wait, a- what the hell's going on? <laughs> In my opinion, it's in a great way. So. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I was I was just talking to my my cousin and I. We do this we do this record podcast that comes out in this feed just 
just talking about different records from front to back. And I was just talking to him about, I wonder if people are starting to, uh, within their sequencing, are starting to think about how the last song goes into the first song because so many set, like setups like Spotify and iTunes, it's usually set so when the record is done to go into that first song again. And we were yeah. just listening to this particular Jeff Parker record that the last track into the first track is almost like maybe one of the best transitions on the record. So Wow. I'm, oh my gosh. I'm, I'm curious if people are starting to think about that at all. No, but I am now. I'm I'm not even kidding. Um not this this com- this coming EP because it's already done, but um the one after, I'm a hundred percent gonna do that. I I have to now. Now that I've yeah. I never even thought about that. But it's funny, you're right, because there's some albums I've been listening to and, and yeah, and I, it just goes on repeat afterwards, which I like. Cause I, I don't like when it, after I listen to an album, it kind of just starts to play something <laughs> that it, I think I might like, like it suggests like, Oh, here's this. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, what am I, how did I get here? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm not a fan of that. So I, I do like download and save an album and then, and then just listen to that. And it's true. It just, it just like pops to the beginning again. But it isn't smooth. It's actually because the last track's usually like this, like, like kind of even like relaxing apartments. It's like this soft, gentle thing. And then, and the first track of the things I've been listening to is like pretty. It's like here we are, this <laughs> yeah. full band in. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess we're at the start. I'm gonna totally. I'm. It's making my head spin right now. I like that. That's great. Well, I, I hope I'm not creating more anxiety for you. No, I like it. Sean. I mean, it, it's a, it's a fun thing. It's like a fun little. <laughs> like almost stupid thing to to obsess about but i'm gonna do it (laughs) it's it's such a i think it's such a common thing now though like Mm -hmm. i don't know or maybe it's just the way i always have my shit set up because usually i'm at work and i just want the record to keep playing yeah instead of just be over in case my hands are full of frosting or something well exactly that's the whole (laughs) thing yeah i don't want to yeah i don't want to have to like take my phone out and and have to do all that because you don't know what you're doing and especially (laughs) right now you're like i haven't washed my hands i can't touch my phone yet (laughs) right so that's it's important um yeah i i really like that also i think even transitions in general are are not um i haven't been hearing a lot of albums with them and I used to listen to so many albums and like the next song would just seamlessly like bleed into each other. Like the, the songs would just morph, like there'd just be like this one sustaining note and then it would change a little bit at the end. And then all of a sudden the next song and you're like, oh my God, how did they do that? And uh, I can't say that there's a record that I've been hearing that has done that. A lot, actually. I haven't. I haven't been listening to a lot of stuff that has any transitions. Well, what's, if the what's something are, that you've been listening to that has transitions? You know, I'm gonna give a shout to mm-hmm. a band that's like pretty off the radar, I think, um, and they're called Same S A M E. Okay. Yep. And they're out of Virginia or Pennsylvania. Okay. They just put out this. Uh, this very cool um, record called Plastic Western. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like Built to Spill, Modest Mouse vibes, but also has some like grungy aspects to it with some cleaner guitar tones. But that record has some very cool interludes. 
And cool. uh, I feel like some some cool breather tunes throughout it. But if if anybody else has some suggestions for Sean, you know, you should like tag him in a post or something. You let should him know what these records are that he should be listening to for for good interludes. Yeah, totally. And I and I'm a, I'm a I I I love interludes. And I have yeah I haven't been hurt hearing a lot. And even just like without the interludes, just like being like so decisive in your recording process of like you're like the next song is this song therefore it's going to transition within it's not even like you know i don't know it's like there there are some albums not recently for me even still that have like those you know interlude one and interlude two or whatever and that kind of transitions it i'm talking like I don't know. I think I remember like when I was in middle school, like this good Charlotte album, like literally had songs that bled into each other and shit mm-hmm. like that. You know, I need some of that. Oh, some, dude. Yeah, I need that. Check. All right. I have a record for I have one more recommendation. Yeah, for totally. You. Uh, this is one of my favorite bands that I found out about last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're called Young Jesus. Oh, dude, I've been listening to them. They're amazing. Right. Yeah, they're cool. great. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's it's heavy. There's a song that I, I heard about them from a show I was watching. And I, oh, I think it was like Sharp Objects or something like that. And this this song that was playing, I was like, oh my God, what is this? It's so heavy. It's grungy. It's got so much attitude and space and whatever. And it totally like, it blew me away. Yeah, that band rules. It's insane, dude. I I saw them at a festival last year, and I had no idea who they were. Mm-hmm. It was like midnight, and they just rip. That's awesome. That's <laughs> the best. Yeah. Um, there's a band that's from Toronto. Do you know a band called Pup? I don't. Okay, they're the they're a punk band. They're actually all their shows uh, on their last tour in the states. They're playing like some like I think like maybe like two thousand cap venues, and they're all like selling out, which is awesome um especially like i don't know just kind of getting over the borders nice and um they're an amazing punk band pup pup and they had an accidental song transition they had these two separate songs that they never like put side by side and they never played them they were writing them and um and then when they were trying to decide the song order uh those two ended up beside each other and they were literally in the same key and like I think just like maybe like, I don't know, two BPMs away from being like exact, like just perfect transition. And yeah. And then it just, it lined up and now every time they play shows, like, so they're like, okay, well, this is how we'll start off the the album. And it's like this one song. Um, I forget what it's called now, but yeah, there's two songs right off the bat seamlessly bleeding to each other. Every time they play a show, that's how they play it. It's just like, Fuck it's yeah. one piece. It's like, so it's like this like 13 minute song. Basically. It's amazing. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good, man. Yeah. I love that band. Um, well, I appreciate your tunes quite a bit, man. I really dig your, your lyrics and your, uh, just your placement and delivery of words is, uh, is pretty cool. Thank you. Um, like I, re- I like uh, on when I say you're killing me. There's a way that you you hold out on the you in that that line. It's uh, in different place that I want to go with, and then you hold out on the you and mm-hmm. kind of like place it on the on the very tail end. Like there's not really even room for it. I really dig that, and like that that leads into one of my favorite moments on the record, which is that oh my the traffic was was a bad one. As a, a very cool moment on the record. Thank you. 
Yeah. So very much have been enjoying digging into your tunes and and uh, definitely lots of them resonate for sure. I, <laughs> I, I appreciate the vulnerability of them. Um, is that something you've always been pretty comfortable with sharing your uh, your sh- your thoughts on the the human experience with people through through your tunes? Yeah, um, it took yeah it took a while to to get there. I think to that certain level. Um, yeah, I, I, not always, but it, it did take a while. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, this sounds stupid, but you're kind of, I don't know. I, I was looking for music that was like that. This, it sounds kind of shitty, but, um, I think there's probably other musicians that could relate to that, but, um, I don't know. You're, you're kind of always looking for like something to like you're like oh i love this record and that can usually happen but there's times where you don't where you don't find that or you don't get that suggestion or like the hot tip of like this new band you know and things like that so luckily that's what kind of inspires and drives me i'm just thinking i just want something that just feels like open and i just want someone to like tell me the truth and um, just lay it out and just like if it takes more space in the in the melody and in the rhythm then just do it and I just want someone to I don't know just say it's okay by telling me all the things that are you know that are going wrong and confront it um, and so yeah I think that's that's how I kind of got there was wanting to hear something like that and then being like okay well you know i'm kind of in control i can maybe i'll just make that happen for myself and uh yeah lucky luckily enough i'm able to do that which is nice i feel fortunate about that yeah it's cool when you uh when you can get your ego out of the way a bit and uh, be open to those suggestions and not take them personally. I think that takes the the songwriting to another level and the the whole experience. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of I think how I kind of got there is just being like, just want to hear that, and if I can, yeah, just be open enough, then maybe I'll get that. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> that's 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 how that kind of got there. I think. Um, I know that you have uh, some interest in the in the film world. Is that a true thing? Or yeah. you do some writing? <laughs> yeah, so, I I did. Yeah. Sorry, continue. Oh, I was just curious. Um, your relaxing apartments video, mm-hmm. I thought, is very cool. Of, I I don't know that too many people do the video style where they like incorporate a narrative into the song and almost have this other version of the song in that sense that I feel like that used to be a big thing, you know, in the eighties and nineties of of music videos. And, and then the record version would be without those things, but your video for relaxing apartments has this, this additional narrative that, that runs through it. And I was just curious if that's, you know, is that something that you're involved in kind of top to bottom with the, the writing of that piece? Um, that one, not like yes and no. Um, it was a project I was actually um, scoring a few years ago. 
Um, it was a project I worked on with a friend and then we didn't submit it to anything or it, it didn't come to light. It didn't kind of have its moment that I think it should have had. Um, and then it was just buried and it, and it wasn't really my project. It was just something I was part of and I was really stoked about. Um, and yeah, I don't know the, the, uh, this song needed a video and I was one, I was like, okay, how am I going to make something on a budget? Also quarantine seems like it's going to be a thing. Okay. Won't be able to film soon. And, um, and then I, yeah, I just messaged my friend and I was like, Hey, do you still have that? So it was a short film and, um, a lot longer than that, obviously, but I'm pretty like, I, I like editing things. I like stories and narrative and film. I did my last music video. I did music videos for my other projects. Um, you know, I'm not the greatest, but I definitely am able to see some things through. I do a lot of visual stuff and I don't know, even like things like show posters and stuff, all, all the, all that kind of thing. I love, I love doing. So, um, yeah, I just kind of got the footage and remade it into, into what it is now. Um, this, the, the storyline and narrative is pretty much the same. Um, but, uh, yeah, just made like a hyper story version of it, you know, just, it's a lot faster, but, um, yeah, I really wanted to be able to, I don't know, music, music videos are tricky because they're, it's kind of like this dying thing. Like they've had such a crazy heyday and they literally made careers. Like they, people had some good videos and they would make a career. Nowadays it doesn't matter so much. And also, you know, it's, it's way more accessible. Like it's crazy to me that bands would spend, you know, back in the day, like $30,000 plus <laughs> on a music video and, you know, like just like as much as they would spend on a record. Totally. Yeah. On one video for three minutes, you know, it was just like, it's mental. And, um, so yeah, I, I, but that being said, I'm, I still, I don't want to do that, but I still want to be able to mix things that are like meaningful and are maybe just, more art first if i'm gonna make a video i want it to count that's that's for like everything so um yeah so i i did want you know here why don't we just like unveil a little bit of character and storyline before the song kicks in there's there's an easier route where i don't do that there was you know there's a version i could have made but i just was like well why not you know and uh, and immediately you know there's a little bit you get a little bit of like Oh, well, I'm not sure if this will work because of like, there's talking before and people don't have the attention span. And, and I knew that going into that too. And that's like, it's, it's exactly what I was thinking too. And it's exactly what they're thinking. And it makes perfect sense. Everyone's looking out for each other and, um, you know, you want the video to do the best it can do, but, um, maybe it's time for people to start sticking to their guns a little bit more and just be like, all right, let's, let's put a narrative in this thing and let's make something that is interesting and um, different and gives the song like a new life. That's what I really yeah. like about the video is that it kind of takes it to a different place and it makes it like part of this story while still feeling like, Oh, what is the song in its own entire? And it's, it's interesting. It's, I, I like doing that. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped about it. I, I really like that video. I think it's great. Yeah. It's a very cool piece to accompany that tune for sure. And mm -hmm. the extra narrative of it and just the, yeah, the idea of her with the, 
the zoom recorder kind of you know yeah and like that's everybody. the whole other thing it's kind of like you know there's a, there's some character like exposition that you're like well why does this character have a zoom recorder like why do they want to record it you know and there's like a narrative that was left out like you know she works at a radio station and she's like a sound designer person and she used to record stuff with her ex-boyfriend and they used to record like fake shows and things like that so therefore it makes sense for that person to like record something alone and yeah. anyone listening right now and hasn't seen the music video, you're going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is super boring. Stay with us. Maybe watch the video as well. <laughs> but, the link will be in the episode notes for yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. Me. Yeah. Ha- have a watch. You can pause this if you like. <laughs> pause now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're um, back. <laughs> and we're back. So yeah. So then that that's that. It's, you know, there's, there's definitely some things that could be, um, could stay and whatever but you know it's also the art of finding like what can you take out and what could be there and um and and what elements do you take out make it a little more weirder but in like an acceptable way and what elements you know vice versa so Mm -hmm. right on man well uh i know that the the title of your record uh, force majeure is that the the correct enunciation yeah, force, on the force majeure? majeure? Yeah, majeure. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know that that's kind of uh, just about uh, the moments and uh, things that we don't really have more much control over. And yeah, uh, precisely, yeah. Is that is that something that you over time have got better at surrendering? too or is it something that it's kind of a consistent grapple for you um yeah i think that it's i think it's something that uh i don't know that i'm i'm like okay with that i'm i i appreciate and it's more of like acknowledging those moments and trying to find those force majeure moments so like like yeah a force so like right now it's actually weird um, releasing an EP called or album called Force Majeure during a Force Majeure because a Force Majeure yeah. is, it's an act of God it's something that's out of your control it's like you know there's all these definitions for it those are those are all them those are all them sorry and um, yeah it's you know a chance occurrence out of your control that's that's like a definition of it and it basically you know they're they're supposed to mean like these really larger things but um something small can be really large in your life and pivotal. Um, so that's where this kind of kicks in and where I was, the word kept coming across my plate and, and I just kept thinking about that definition and then how, I don't know, just related to a lot of different moments. And before I knew it, I was like, yeah, like, all these songs were written because of these like major pivotal moments, these force majeure moments, these like small mini hurricanes. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's where that comes from. And it's more of like, yeah, sense of acknowledgement and yeah, I've got a, got a hold on them now and I can, I know what they are. I know where they are. And that's what these songs are made of. Hell yeah, dude. I think that's a a great way to wrap things up. I, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I I appreciate your your time and uh, and the short notice you jumping jumping on with me. Anytime. Uh, yeah, I've really really dug getting uh, acquainted with your tunes. 
dude, it's um, been it's been a pleasure talking to you and meeting you. Um, I hope likewise. that uh, everything's safe and that uh, nothing but bunts. Nothing bunt. <laughs> wait, what is it again? <laughs> nothing bunt cakes. Nothing is, bunt uh... cakes is uh, is you know just having the best success it can during these times. People need to be nourished and they need to be comforted. So I hope that that's, that's taken off well and I hope you're all healthy. Yeah, man. I hope you are uh, staying safe up there in Canada and uh, it looks like you're going to get a getaway here pretty soon from yeah. the, that city life, which uh, is sounding pretty appealing right now. Um, totally. We're going to play the episode out with uh, When I Say You're Killing Me, a track that we talked about quite a bit but before we do we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show which is it's a program it's a what (laughs) it's a program it's a program that just like that oh great (laughs) just like you already did it i love it (laughs) (laughs) uh it doesn't it doesn't mean anything it's just the the way my my grandfather says uh like the news program oh that's awesome he always says program program uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just become this. Uh, it's a program has become the goofy tagline for this uh, this show and and how I end every episode. I love it. Cool. It's a program. He did it again, everybody. That's uh, that's <laughs> Sean. Boo, boo, boo. <laughs> Ten kills the pack is the uh, the name of the the music project, and I will put all the links in the episode notes so people can uh, follow along with you, Sean, and. Uh, Check out this dude's tunes, and uh, hopefully, you know, you can go play in some some cities in the near future when all this madness is uh, a little more in order. Yeah, hoping for the best. Thank you so much, and thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, stay in touch. Absolutely, man. This is uh, When I Say You're Killing Me off of uh, the EP that is available now. That is the uh, the jelly jams, everybody, and we will catch you on the flip side, Portland. When I say you are killing me, I'm really saying the past six hours it felt like one. At that rate, I won't last long When I say you are killing me I'm merely saying the past six days I felt like one At that rate, I won't last long At that rate, we fighting At that rate, the dog will need a walk at that rate, I'll be dreaming the same sun In a different place that I want to go to With you Oh my, the traffic was a bad one At that rate, my wrinkles will smile Because of yours At that rate, I'll be the grass blown On the same night we met So when I say you are killing me 
I merely sang the past six hours and felt like one At that rate I won't last long When I say you are killing me I merely sang the past six days and felt like one At that rate I won't last long When I say you are killing me It's a program? Boo, boo, boo. <laughs>